my fellow film fans, you are listening to a brand new episode of the Backseat Directors Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins. I'm the founder and creator of Backseat Directors. You can visit Backseat Directors on our brand new website at backseatdirectors.com, where you'll find the latest in movie reviews and other articles. We have an incredibly talented group of writers, so go check them out there. You can also stay up to date with the podcast and brand new episodes by subscribing to the show. So we do have a new format. Uh, starting next episode, because not 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 this episode. Uh, today's episode is coming out today, Wednesday. Uh, but uh, all new episodes starting after this one will come out weekly every Tuesday. So if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review. But on today's episode, new co-host Ryan Nevin and I will discuss all things Warner Brothers DC properties, and we will also give our review on the recently released Birds of Prey. Enjoy. Okay. All right. right. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, let's just, I don't know, let's just go ahead and get going. <laughs> cool. Dude, so how's, uh, what's, what's, what's the latest with you, man? What's the latest with you? What's the latest with Life of Films? How's life in england good life is good england is good uh we've just come off the back of a storm which ruined my barbecue so that's that's great through my barbecue around the garden but uk <laughs> is good um the latest with life of films well um you've inspired me man uh you've inspired me with you coming back and your enthusiasm has has really given me the um that that itch to kind of get back on it. Obviously, we've got a partnership thing going on here, which is going to be really good. So I want Life Films to kind of get back and going and feel feel current again so it can support what it is you're trying to achieve and, and kind of aim something together. So at the moment, it's it's back up and running. Um, did a review on on Birds of Prey, which well, I'm, I'm looking forward to discuss even further. And and yeah, just just early stages and getting back on it. Like like yourself, it's it's exciting time to to really start pushing some things again and and yeah what about yourself what about yourself man yeah no i i get it it's one of those things where you create something and you you hate to just you know leave it alone you hate for it to see you know just see it kind of collecting dust and and between between you and me and the conversations that we've had and you know even within our our little group on twitter um you know it, it's this is movies are always going to be something we're passionate about and so like when we started mm. like these kind of creative hobbies, you know, at least for me, that's what it started out with is it, it was a hobby. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it really begins to emphasize, um, how, I, I guess how, how much you want to spend your time, you know, throughout, mm. you know, the day, the week, the month, you know, even, you know, whatever, just, just how you want to spend your time in your life. And like, and ultimately, that's that's where I I, I just kind of had the uh, the opportunity to, okay, I can actually step away from work, you know, we're in a good spot uh, financially, you know, because I would never I would never tell anybody, yeah, just quit your job and go for it, you know. <laughs> there's there's yeah. there's a few things that have to um, need that stability, the foundation there to do it. Don't yeah, you? no, and I and I feel incredibly fortunate that I do have this opportunity to kind of step away from, you know, the corporate life. Cause that's where I've been the last, you know, six plus years. I mean, I've, I've been entrenched in the corporate life and that's been my career. That's been my job. And, and, you know, so when, it, when it comes to backseat directors and like the projects that you and I have been doing, um, 
this this really the stars aligned man it really they really did like the stars aligned i i seriously felt like the universe is calling this is it like if we you and i we've talked so much about like if we could really make this happen like well how's that how's that gonna happen well i feel like this is <laughs> this is it man this is the beginning stages and yeah, I, i'm pumped yeah dude i'm pumped i'm pumped no and i'm happy i'm happy that you kind of are getting the you know that same um, you know, that same drive back, you know, life of films, I, I, at least, you know, from what I've you know seen just like as an outsider, you know, dude, that's something that you've, you've handled with a lot of love and a lot of care. And I'm happy that you guys are going to get rolling again. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. Um, I'm glad that we're back on it and, and really start pushing some stuff. Like I say, we talk about films a lot. So, and we've talked about it passionately. So it's, Let's just get those views back out there and and see what happens. Well, let's give everybody just kind of a taste of uh, what we have been watching lately. So I'm curious to know, and I thought this could just be kind of a fun thing that we could uh, discuss every episode, you know, because, you know, we're, we're not going to review uh, current movies every single one, you know, at least from the format that I had before. You know, I was reviewing, you know, a new movie every week. And the the reality is, is that, most movies that come out on the weekends, they're not really big audience draws anyway. You know, so mm-hmm. when it comes to how many people are going to want to listen to us talk about some random movie that, you know, made $10 million at the box office, like, you know, that's hmm. it's not going to be a lot of, you know, a big audience for, for that kind of thing. But uh, um, so I thought we could have just like a little time in the beginning of each episode to just like let let the listeners know what we have been watching recently so outside of birds of prey which is what we're going to discuss uh what are some other movies that you've seen recently so january was a good moment for me for seeing a lot of films i think i saw a film every week but the most recent kind of new films that i've seen would be a 1917 and bad boys really both films that um, i enjoyed massively for different reasons bad boys being very entertaining that kind of uh, popcorn blockbuster and they really achieved a, a fairly decent film um, compared to a lot of the action flicks we see recently and obviously 1917 doesn't need much to talk about everyone knows that who's seen that film that film is is a master class in, in filmmaking really so for me two good films and a, on a bit of a roll so yeah what about yourself what, what have you seen recently yeah 1917 were you surprised uh, when because 1917 I know it won Golden Globe for Best Picture, you know, and when when it comes to award circuits for the film industry, um, I, I'd say the Golden Globes is probably like second tier, um, you know, yeah, just like the, the the step down from the Oscars, you know, you know mm-hmm. I mean, there and there's there's a ton of others, you know, and, and in the UK you have the BAFTA awards and stuff like that, but um, I, I don't remember uh, who won Best Picture for the BAFTA awards. Do you remember? Was it 1917? I think so. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I can't remember, so don't quote me that, but I think 1917 pretty much cleared up quite a lot, so I was surprised by the um, the Oscar win. Well, so that's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, were you surprised? Because I, I, thought, I thought 1917 had it in the bag. You know, so Parasite won Best Picture at the Oscars, uh, becoming the first non-English uh, movie to ever win best picture. So it was, it was a pretty historical moment. Um, but it seemed, I don't know. It seemed like Sam Mendes had this locked up for best picture in 1917. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was shocked. I think sadly I am quite passionate 
about the Oscars in a more of a negative vibe. I feel there's there's a lot more um, variables that 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 um, agendas. To the, I don't want to say agendas, but I think that it's it's not as honest as they make out to be with the way they choose their films. I feel there's lots of different variables. And I think um, I think Parasite was was a curveball and would have brought some sort of level of publicity and i think possibly that i haven't seen the film so i don't want to go giving any uneducated opinions but 1917 was a great film i can't help but think possibly 1917 wasn't picked because it's it's even though it's it's a brilliant film and it's filmed amazingly and it's got a great story and and everything about it it you could tell that it was very much um taken from dunkirk in that style dunkirk i think changed how those war films were portrayed before that you had like Hacksaw Ridge and Saber Pride Ryan that were very bombastic, very cinematic, great films nonetheless, still brilliant, but they had that very kind of intense, bombastic vibe where Dunkirk brought it to a very grounded level and made it kind of feel more what war would actually be like. And it's possible that that if they weren't going to give it to Dunkirk, they'd possibly felt like giving it to 1917. There'd be questions asked. I don't know, I'm really speculating quite a bit. I just thought it was it was an odd choice considering the fact that 1917 did did such a good job everywhere else. It, it just seemed a bit odd. What do you think? Yeah, so I did see Parasite, um, and it, it it is in my top ten. Um, so uh, it, it's it's a movie we're seeing for sure, and and I recommend you seeing it. You know, I I don't watch a lot of foreign films. I, I think I maybe see, you know, two or three a year, um, and and I know I, I it's just I mean, dude, there there are hundreds and hundreds of movies that come out every year, you know, hundreds, you know, and most, most mm. we will never, ever get around to seeing, you know, I, I think for the general public, you know, you know, maybe, maybe people see a movie a month, you know? So when it comes to going to watch a movie like Parasite, you know, that actually is getting publicity. It is getting attention, you know, even within, uh, the United States and the UK, you know, you, you'll see, you'll see, um, advertising, you know, for it. And so, you know, like uh, most movie theaters here, they'll, uh, they'll continue to uh, have showings for like the best picture nominees. So even though some of these movies came out months and months ago, because the Oscars are coming up and they're nominated for best picture, like they're, you can still go see it in, in theaters right now, you know, but uh, it's, I, I agree with you, you know, and we can talk, I mean, maybe, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do another episode on this, but you know, I mean, we could go on at length as to why the Oscars are the way that they are, because, because I agree, it's, it's, it's a really funny thing. You know, we, we have our buddy, the formal review who last year, you know, I think with a lot of, a, a lot of other people that consider themselves cinephiles, you know, kind of the har- hardcore, uh, film junkies, uh, they did not mm-hmm. like that green book one. You know, and they did not feel that that was yeah, yeah, yeah. the the right choice. And yet, you know, I, I've I've heard your take on it. Um, it's kind of funny. I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> so, um, but I, I did see this year's uh, best picture winner. But, um, you know, I, everyone that I've talked to has has really enjoyed uh, Green Book. You know, so it's kind of funny. It's just like, you know, why I I'm I yeah I am curious to know just like if I could be a fly on the wall you know, in, in the rooms where, you know, these votes are cast and why people are, you know, going to choose what they choose for, you know, best picture or something like that. It just, just seems crazy to me that, that, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I like Parasite. I like Parasite. I think you should I know, see it. I know what you mean. But, but no, I agree. I, I thought, I thought it, 1917 was going to run away with it. I really, really did. 
but um okay let, let's get i'll, I'll uh, so i mean most of the stuff that i've actually been watching um it's actually been a, a lot of just kind of streaming and just uh tv series um my wife my i think my wife enjoys shows way more than than movies and so like when we sit down you know just to kind of veg out for like an hour um you know we're usually putting something on uh you know like a, a mini series or whatever um so a lot of the stuff that we've been watching recently, we actually we just powered through the Apple Plus series um, called uh, The Morning Show. So I don't I don't know if you have Apple Plus. I just oh, yeah. I, you know I got a new computer, and so you get you get Apple Plus for free. And I think Apple Plus it, it is in the UK, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you need to tell me how you claim that because I've just recently bought a Mac as well, and I was looking into that. So I need to yeah, you need to tell me how um, how oh, to get that for shoot, free. After man, this, I, I honestly what, don't what, remember. What, how you I think you're doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, we'll take this discussion offline, but I, I think it was pretty seamless. I think I just like when I was just setting up my computer, and then they have the, they have the Apple TV app, uh, you know, just at the bottom of your dock on your, you know, on your computer. I think when you just go into sign there, it's just it's already up there, so you can try to check that right, up. But, okay. but so this this show, um, I. I was genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed it and how good it it really was, you know. So the morning show, you know, I, I read some articles about that. They said it they didn't take the, this, and I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the former news anchor Matt Lauer out here in the U.S., but he was a staple for like fifteen twenty years on a morning show called the Today Show, and and he, yeah, he had a famous interview with um, do you remember the, with Tom Cruise. Where him and it, that was where um, about Tom Cruise is kind of very office rocker, drastic views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very drastic views on um on like like uh, mental medication for like depression and stuff like that. Yeah, and but I, him and uh, Matt like on a very um, heated debate from my memory. So yeah, I do know who he is. Well, so he, I mean, he he landed all kinds of interviews, um, you know, and he was he was. Uh, like uh, at least on the American side, like the host for the Olympics, you know, for I think two or three different Olympics. And so, I mean, he was within the United States. He was a very, very, very well-known recognized uh, journalist and host, you know, of this show. And, and Mm -hmm. he, and he was fired and he was fired for uh, sexual misconduct uh, among other things. And so, you know, the, the writers of the show said that this is not the Matt Lauer story, but it essentially is. I mean, it, it really is. Like it, it, it is. It's a disgraced male news anchor who's been the news anchor of this incredibly popular morning show for 15 years. And but anyway, I, uh, you know, Steve Carell plays that 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 anchor. So you have um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. But I, I got to tell you, man, I I, I was kind of skeptical on Apple Plus and all the content that they were going to do. And just you know, here's another streaming service. You know, out of the dozens that we already have. You know, and then you add Disney Plus to it last year. It, it, I just felt like Apple Plus was going to get lost in the mix. But dude, after that show, holy cow, man! I, I I recommend it. Like if if you guys you know enjoyed you know just you know kind of watching uh, series here and there, that's that's one worth investing. But um, cool. the, the most recent movie that I actually saw uh, was Gretel and Hansel. Um, has that has that kind of popped popped up on your radar out there? <laughs> uh a new film yeah yeah so i just saw it just a a week or so uh, a little more than a week ago um it hasn't yeah it's only been out in theaters for maybe two weeks uh it's not yeah it hasn't has been out too long but it it was like a five million dollar film it didn't cost much but 
Uh, I was surprised at at that it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't oh, terrible. Okay. It just kind of felt like one of those movies, like when you're a teenager and you know you're kind of hanging out with your friends and you just kind of want to put on like a creepy movie. You know, it's not going to really appeal to adults, I don't think. But like within a certain demographic, I think it, it, it will have a lot of appeal. But anyway, so that's what I've seen recently. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's. I mean, the main topic of the show and. Um, uh, and this is something that I'm going to try really hard at though. Uh, um, right is keeping these episodes under half an hour. I just think, mm-hmm. I just think in terms of the sweet spot of like where, you know, most people, how long they're going to stay tuned into a podcast. But, um, so yeah, let's, uh, we're just going to jump right in on our main discussion, which is birds of prey. So for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, um, I, let's not talk deep spoilers, but I'm, I'm all on board on talking spoilers, um, you know, at least in, in, in regards to where it will benefit our conversation and just kind of the overall review of the movie. Uh, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. things uh, I want to bring up about this movie. Uh, not, not just, you know, Hey, what did we think of the movie? But overall in the landscape of DC movies and what Warner brothers is doing. Right. Um, but, but let's, let's just go ahead and, uh, uh, share with everyone what we thought of the movie. So why don't you go ahead and go first? Um, okay. So I, when I reviewed the movie, I gave it essentially a, a two star out of five rating. So for me, it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. Um, it's not the worst, um, comic book film I've ever seen. Don't get me wrong. It's certainly not the worst DC film after, um, after Justice League, I think any DC film would have to really go some for it to be uh, worse than than Justice League. But it certainly <laughs> was was low ranking in in the whole the whole kind of DC EU for me. Um, it was had its good moments, which we'll go into a little bit more depth into that. Um, but on the whole, I, I struggled to absorb it the way I kind of describe it. Is I, I knew I felt like I was watching a film that I just couldn't I struggled to get invested in it was it was hitting my eyes but nothing was really being taken in and I'm not sure how I can pinpoint exactly why that was but it just wasn't capturing me and it possibly might be because I've never really been too interested in the character Harley Quinn or whether it was the overall plot of the film but I just found myself kind of just thinking I'm seeing this film for the sake of it and it and it wasn't it wasn't selling it to me Um, what about yourself so something that I actually just found out uh, just a day or two ago, I okay, and I I I I've, I didn't grow up as a comic book uh, kid. Um, I I mean, more into my adulthood, I've read more comic books in the last two years than I have in my entire life. <laughs> um, and so you know, but I I was invested in in like Saturday morning cartoons, the Batman animated series. Um, yeah. You know, so so my my introduction to you know, this world of DC and DC characters has always been based on the movies and TV shows. Uh, what I did not realize though, is Harley Quinn, uh, is not a, a character that's original to the comic books. Her first introduction into DC was through the Batman animated series. So yeah, she, she yeah. never existed outside of, of, of that cartoon TV series. And then has since, you know, has since gotten her own comic books and she has become a very popular character among many DC and comic book fans. Um, but, and, and I, and I, I feel you, you and I've had conversations about this before, just like you know, the, the, 
the character appeal for Harley Quinn in that she she's unique. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, that's that's one way to describe it. But I mean, and I'm not. I, I, this is what I mean. I don't I don't want to shame anybody who likes Harley Quinn. Again, she's very popular and has many many fans. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, like I have, I have watched her now in some of the DC animated movies where she is a primary character and she's, she's kind of a hard character for me to like and to attach onto as well, you know? And so her, her portrayal by Margot Robbie, I think, um, I think Margot Robbie nails it. Uh, with with how Harley Quinn has been portrayed in other mediums, so through the animated series, comic books, etc. I think Margot Robbie is great for Harley Quinn. Now, whether you like the Harley Quinn character is a you know that's that's another question. But I think Margot Robbie has done a very good job of bringing that character life on the big screen, and and especially in Suicide Squad. For for as maligned Suicide Squad is, and kind of you know how much that movie got hammered by critics. Um, I think she was one of the bright spots in that movie. So when birds of prey was announced and stuff like that, you know, Margot Robbie was going to reprise her role as Harley Quinn. I was looking forward to seeing more of that and seeing kind of what she was going to be able to do with it, you know, but they, uh, the, the movie was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't a movie that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to go see again, you know, or uh, a movie that I'm going to go spend money again to see it in the theaters. Cause I'm not, um, I think, I think I gave it a two and a half out of five, uh, when rating it on my letterbox account. And so, uh, it, it's just, it's okay that there, there were some fun parts of the movie and there were some scenes like, like the whole breakfast sandwich scene. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, I, I think that, and, and it's kind of funny. It just kind of shows you more of what kind of character Harley Quinn is. Um, and I think, I think the choreographed fight scene when she was breaking into the, um, to the police station, I thought that was well done. Technically. I thought oh, it was, yeah. it was, it was, that was, that was one of my favorites. That's one I highlighted massive. I think it, um, highlighted Harley Quinn's character. She's very fond of bats and hammered like, weapons right and it really, really kind of highlighted her her skill with those weapons and yeah yeah i, I agree that was honestly i actually actually one of the parts that it really engaged me it was fun it was really well choreographed like yeah i definitely agree 100 percent with that scene so uh where i think the movie suffered somewhat were the supporting characters i i i they they just weren't really anybody that i thought that the movie cared to dive into more i think they i think they tried you know, with Huntress and kind of giving her a backstory. Okay. You know, her, she's a part of this Italian mafia family and she had, you know, experienced a trauma that sent her on this course to become Huntress, right? Well, just because you give two minutes of exposition on this character doesn't really make you feel like, you know, this character or know and understand her intentions. And especially when, um, when she, she, Huntress specifically is set up to be kind of more serious, someone that you take seriously, someone who's dangerous. And then she just kind of becomes comical, you know, uh, through the third act of the movie to where, okay, we don't take her character so seriously. So anyway, I just, I, I think, I think where the movie really suffered were the supporting actors. They're just no one that I really, you know, felt connected to or really 
I don't know, just care to know. And maybe that's the style of the movie because it's it, it like this is like almost Deadpool esque, you know. And a, a lot of people are making mm-hmm. that comparison because okay, it's a rated R comic book film, you know, and there are some comical moments and stuff like that. But um, what do you think of Ewan McGregor as? Uh... So yeah, so just before I get onto that, I agree with your um, with what you said about the kind of lack of substance for the supporting characters. As was one of my kind of one of my big movie fails in that sense like what you what you about what you said about the two minute clip for huntress does it make character like that is like spot on i couldn't agree with that more we've we've had lots of conversations about um obviously the last jedi and how they changed luke's um story within a two minute clip now i'm all for him evolving in that i agree that humans and stuff can change but having a two minute clip just to to get you to feel something for a character just isn't right. And that's what same with Huntress. It, it lacks, it may explain it logically and that's fine. Logically you can go, it was there, but it, when it, it lacks that authenticity, when it lacks that feeling, you get that from it being more fleshed out. There being more depth to it, a period along of time to be able to learn that character. And that's where, that's where you, you lose it. So yeah, you can go, okay, that makes sense. I understand why she's like that. But do I feel for her? Do I actually have any sort of emotion towards that character? No, because you haven't given me the opportunity to have that emotion. Like, so yeah, I completely agree massively with with that. What I thought about Ewan McGregor is I love Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> he can't really do no wrong in the sense of the fact that he's a world class. He's a world class actor. He can really put himself into many different roles and make it them his own. I think there's a lot of actors out there that that play themselves, like Robert Downey Jr. and and um, Ryan Reynolds and, and like people like Jamie Foxx, I believe, have their, their personality it goes into the role and then their decent roles is because their personality goes into it. But good actors like Bale and people like that can take on loads of different roles and turn into a different person that you make it believable. And that's that's Ewan McGregor for me. He can he's so, so diverse in what he can do. And he's a, he's a world class actor. But did I like his character? That's a different question. So Black Mask is a is a is a is a quite a well-known character within the uh, Batman universe. I don't think he's super top level, like say like realms of Joker, for example. Right. Um, so, but if you know a thing or two about Batman, you know, who the black mask is cool. I think there's a level of relying on that a bit because Andre, maybe you can answer me this question, but in the film, why did, why did he wear a black mask? Other yep. than the fact that he has one in the comic books, but why did he just decide to pop on a mask? It uh, you, was stupid. You never know. You you never know because they never tell you. It, 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 yeah, it's, right. It, they, you know that that's what they call him as his thug name, but it, it never ever explains why, and it never gives you any reason as to why. You know, so I I don't know if they're exactly. they were, yeah they were just relying on okay you know most people that are going to go see this movie maybe are already familiar with these characters so you don't need to explain it but again someone like me who doesn't really you know uh, i don't have that history in the comics um uh, i mean uh, yeah it's 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 not in the movie it's not in the movie no exactly so that 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 is for me was that whole level of it's just depth like you said it's it was depth in the side characters it it I understand that the film, even though it's called Birds of Prey, is it's was about Harley Quinn, but the the side characters had n- like no depth, no no real depth, nothing for you to really care about them, nothing to really truly understand who they are, and that's what makes it. That's what makes a good film. You have a good lead, but you also need good in depth supporting 
actors like and characters and it just didn't it just didn't have that like and if you're not a massive harley quinn fan uh, which i'm not and obviously you've expressed you're not the biggest thing then there wasn't anything to carry this film and that's and that's for me i think we've just really digested why i really didn't like this film is because of because of because of that what about yourself yeah and um, and and i i want to i want to emphasize this again because i i really enjoy margot robbie as an actress i think she's incredibly talented you know, I I don't know how much of your stuff or of her stuff that you've seen uh, recently, but you know, I, I saw Bombshell um, uh, that came out last year. She was phenomenal in that movie. Um, you know, and I think movies like I Tanya really really show uh, the the level of talent that Margot Robbie is. So again, I I I enjoy watching Margot Robbie take on this character. Not that I really care for the character so much. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. But I, <laughs> I do want to kind of get into some treacherous waters and, and I, I want to give, you know, the listeners a little disclaimer. I, I understand that one, Ryan and I are two dudes, we're guys, right. And, and the way that the birds of prey movie, uh, along with some of the other superhero movies that have female leads, you know, maybe aren't necessarily catered to the male audience, um, but I do, I think this is important to, though, to bring up, right? Cause this, and we'll get into the financials just in a sec. This will lead us into that discussion. Um, this movie, uh, its foundation is on the, the breakup of the relationship between Joker and Harley Quinn, right? Mm-hmm. So Har- Harley Quinn is now setting off on her own. Okay. And so, um, but the the backstory for every other character and group uh, the the female characters in the group of birds of prey they also all have their kind of breaking up story or vengeance tale with another male character and so mm-hmm. m- males uh, male characters in the movie are used as stepping stones for for the female characters uh, to tell their stories and to break free of you know whatever you want to call it you know, and same with Huntress. Huntress is going after the guy that, you know, uh, spoiler, uh, killed her family. Um, you know, the detective, uh, the cop, uh, I don't even remember her name. Um, she, you know, she has been slighted by her partner, who is now the captain, because he kind of took credit for the crime that she solved. Um, Montoya, that was her name, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Ren- yeah, I'm looking at it right now, Renee Montoya. You know, and then you have um, you have Black Canary who is being oppressed by Black Mask. Um, you know, so it, it, so the 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 movie the movie uses uh, uh, relationships, or I, I you could say just really bad relationships with males, as a way to enhance the female characters. And now I know that this is kind of a common theme that are starting to pop up in a lot of movies to where, um, you know, men are the bad guys and women are the good guys. And, and, and I, I can't, I can't blame, I can't blame people who might not care for that kind of story. Right. And I don't know if I'm, I'm giving the best words to this, but it's, um, it's a movie. It's Man, a mo- it's a movie that I mean it's a Sorry, it's man. a it's a movie that are, that is made for a female audience. And so, if males don't go see it, how can you get mad at the male audience? Does that make sense? I agree, and it's how much in tune we are is is scary because I was I, when I put this in my notes to bring up, I thought it's a 
treading treading water in here a little bit, but you, I, I felt like I've got to say I'm quite passionate about it, and I I agree. I think that I I kind of would go a little bit one step further that I it, it kind of bugged me a little bit that the men were made out to be so evil in this. Um, there's to the point where every single male character in this in this film was made out to be quite quite awful right every, there's there's not a, level, there's not a single aspect. there's not a single good male character they're all bad all of them yeah even like again spoiler if you haven't seen it and you're still watching massive spoiler but the um her her friend her um the guy who run the was it um the restaurant who she was staying above and she right. said that he, he can't do it she can't do anything <laughs> even, wrong even he turns um, his back on her. and yeah and do you know the person i'm talking about yeah and then he ended up betraying her as well and I was just a yes. little bit like, oh, okay, so the the only male character actually where she had a bond with and trusted and everything, he ended up betraying her. Right. So I was, it was like they wanted to capture every kind of bad trait possible that a man could possibly do to a woman, and put it on there to to push the the the, the birds of praise motive. And yeah, for me, it just felt a little bit like there wasn't even there wasn't one character. There wasn't one male character in there at all that was remotely decent. Like, and if it was just for me, it was it kind of annoyed me a little bit. And I'm not and I'm not saying that it's because it annoyed me that it's like that, because then all women are the good or good and stuff like that. But there was there was just no room for there to, to be a man who who was remotely decent. He didn't have to be a main character. He didn't even have to be like a side character he could have just been some something there that would that just highlighted that they aren't all the worst people ever and but it was and it's for me it felt like there was a, a bit of a motive there and when there's a motive in a film like stuff like that you start kind of feeling a bit disconnected to it i do anyway i think right. if the film isn't created to to tell a tell a true story that's creative and 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 speaks to the audience and it's more about pushing a level of an agenda or a motive it, it's, it, it automatically makes a film feel a bit off and that's that's just my opinion i'm afraid yeah no and this is something that i i i don't know if you've ever seen me kind of talk about this online or on twitter or anything like that but um a, a trend that is very common within our culture and especially here in the united states i don't know if you see this much you know in in your part of the world um but the the there's a mindset of in order for me to rise, I have to put someone else down. So mm -hmm. I, I can't elevate without demoting someone lower than me. Does that make sense? So Yeah, definitely. So in order in order for me to 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 rise, I have to make sure someone goes down. And so that's kind of the these themes that we're starting to see within these movies that in order for Harley Quinn to become herself, she has to you know, she, she has to, um, see others go down. Right. And so, and, and but this, this is, this is not uh, in, in, in terms of, uh, of ideology and the way of thinking this, it, it's not true. You don't have, people don't have to, you don't have to put others down in order for you to rise. Okay. And so, and I think within the realms of the DC universe, I think the perfect example is wonder woman. Wonder Woman got glowing reviews. It did incredibly well at the box office. They're obviously making a sequel. Gal Gadot is awesome as Wonder Woman. And you, you, you see the character and the way that the story that is told within the movie. Wonder Woman uh, inspires 
Wonder Woman is a leader. She's surrounded by a group of men, but all these men have their issues, their cowardices, they're broken. And yet she she doesn't she doesn't have to step on them in order for her to rise. She actually elevates them through her through the way that she lives, through the person that she is. Right? And so she is without a doubt the superhero of the movie and the main character that you feel inspired by. Um and 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 she she does that she she does it through through who she is through you know uh, uh just wanting to be good 100 percent that's a brilliant example i remember in that in wonder woman's there's that character the who's the one who likes singing and stuff and he struggles to kind of like shoot anyone right where right. he's kind of like oh, i'm not very good at that and so then but then in that she's like well you know what you can keep his company when you're singing right you know what i mean like she doesn't belittle him she doesn't you know what i mean it's like and that's what the character is. She doesn't go, oh, cool, like, I'm awesome. This guy has rubbish over here. I, I got superpowers, so catch you later, which is kind of what I feel a little bit like the Birds of Prey would have done. Right. Where with this, <laughs> the, that, it was, she, she supported all of the male characters that had issues because we all have issues, and, and she helped them with it. She right. helped them. She didn't, she didn't stand on them, and she didn't yeah, elevate herself, like you said. And, yeah, it's a brilliant example, and, and it's true to the character, and it's – it's why that film succeeded and why people relate to it so much. And Wonder Woman 84 is going to, it's going to, oh, it's going to smash so many records. I know. And I can't wait. Cause it's going to be awesome. Yeah, no. And I, and I get, I get that. I, I get that. These are two different movies and two totally different characters. You know, Harley Quinn is more the anti-hero. She's like Deadpool. You know, she, she is, she's a bad guy doing, trying to do good things, I guess. Um, <laughs> if that's one way to describe it, but here, and we'll move on from the conversation. I, I just wanted to read this to you. So I'm, I'm not going to name the person who tweeted this, but this is, this is a tweet I came across, uh, after, um, I saw birds of prey. Um, so it, it and it, it, it is from a female tweeter. <laughs> um, but she said this, she said, birds of prey is the breakup film. Uh, women have been demanding. It's entertaining, fun, and full, and the full of type of the violence many of us have wanted to wreck on those who've wronged us. With strong women and females supporting females around, if you like the if you like comic book movies, see it. So, uh, and and again, I, I I'm I'm not here trying to um, undermine anybody's. You know, maybe maybe there are a lot of people that have felt that way and will see this movie and feel like, holy cow, I can really relate to this movie, and that's great. There is an audience for this movie. It's just not a big audience and, and the box office numbers are reflecting that. So, so just pulling up all the DCEU movies, you know, so basically from man, man of steel, um, until now, not including, uh, the walking Phoenix Joker, you know, so we have, uh, Andre, Andre, hold on. See if you can test. Let me test me. See if I get these right. I want to see if I can guess them. Go, I'll go, I'll go top to bottom. Okay. Yeah. So, so starting with man of steel that came out first. So Man of Steel that came out first. Oh wait, wait, are you are that. you going are you going from order of box office numbers? Yeah, if you okay, got okay, yeah. So, so start order. start with number like, one. Start with number one. Okay, so yeah. number one was um was Aquaman, right? Yep, correct. Okay, cool. Number two, um, I'm gonna say uh, Batman vs Superman. Correct. That's you're you're two for two. Okay, cool. Number three, Wonder Woman. Correct. Yep. <laughs> cool. So, Number so here, four. and I'll list, I'll list these. So, Aquaman was one point one four six billion dollars. Batman okay. v Superman was um, eight hundred seventy three million dollars, and this is the worldwide totals. Wonder Woman cool, was yeah. eight hundred twenty one million. So that's the top three. So keep going. Nice. Man of Steel was six hundred something, right? 
close. A Man of Steel is fifth. There's one in between Wonder Woman and Man of Steel. It's surprising. Really? Go and hit me. What was it? Suicide Squad. No way. Su- ah, Suicide Squad yeah, made okay. $746 million. It was it was that's, a smash. That's... It was a smash at the box office. It was. That's because that's got the additional um, 200 mil that Will Smith brings to every film that he does. This is some actors like why? Ma- ben okay, ma- ma- maybe, maybe. Uh, but, hey, <laughs> we both saw Gemini Man last year, and Gemini Man flopped. That is it, true. It flopped. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Man is still 600 something, right? Yep, 667 million dollars. Then, um, well, Harley Quinn obviously hasn't finished. So then, sure, then I'm thinking if I'm missing any DC films, but then it's Justice League, right? Justice League at 655 million. And then another um, DC movie that came out earlier last year. The newest one outside of Birds of Prey, I guess. Oh my God, I'm having a massive mind blank. Oh, Shazam! Shazam! Oh, Shazam, of course. Yeah, of course. Shazam, uh, its budget compared to all the others before it, it was was $85 million. It made $363 million. It didn't really make that much, but it it was a success. It turned a profit. Um, So Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey opening weekend has the lowest opening weekend total of every single one of these movies. Um, it, It opened to $33 million worldwide. Okay. The movie costs $82 million to make. It has since made $88 million worldwide. Um, it, 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 it really doesn't have the legs right now. I think, I think it will be lucky to make 200 million. I think that's probably, that's like, that's like best case scenario at this point. What's fascinating though. I'm just looking at this dude. Aquaman, Aquaman only opened up to $67 million worldwide, 67 million. And it made when 1.1 billion dollars, dude. <laughs> Aquaman was a, a hit. Anyway, oh, anyway, so, 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 so they might have a chance then. This might have a chance. Okay, if that's okay. The case. Some... Uh, well, no, here I, I just I'm gonna get off my my um my soapbox uh, uh just with this last thing that I want to say. So, and this is only because I all all the articles and comments that I see online just really bug me, where. Um, men are getting blamed for the performance of this movie and and a lot of people are stereotyping the male audience as you know you know being misogynistic because they don't want to go see this movie well i, I don't blame anybody that doesn't want to go see this movie whether you're a guy or girl I, it, it just there's a, there's a very small audience that this movie caters to and those people will go see it and that's the reason why it's performing the way it is at the box office so you know uh, if it, Wonder Woman and that kind of story that has much more appeal to a, a larger masses of audience members, you know, Birds of Prey is just not it. So here's this is the last thing I want to talk to you about, though, right? Just about this movie and kind of just the state of the DCEU in general, right? So the DCEU is kind of it's the unofficial acronym for the DC Extended Universe or kind of the universe that Zack that Zack Snyder started but is no longer a part of. You know, so Birds of Prey is kind of it's kind of the unofficial sequel to Suicide Squad. You know, so you have Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. and the aesthetic and the cinematography of the movie is very similar to Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, it's that neon-y kind of style, isn't it? Yeah, well, and I mean, in Harley Quinn, I mean, it's the same character, same act- actress, and you know, her style is very similar. Um, but do you remember in the movie there were small clips of Suicide Squad when she, when Joker you you only see the back of 
Jared Leto, but when he's pulling her out of the chemical vat that she falls into. So they show little yep. bits of clips of Suicide Squad, right? So I I doubt Jared Leto is going to come back as Joker. I, I think that ship has sailed. I don't think WB, even though I think he wants to, I don't think WB is going to give it to him. Um, where where do you see the DCEU going? And and is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, is this something that we're going to continue to see? I mean, I guess we do have the Suicide Squad, uh, another Suicide Squad coming up from, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, gosh, the director of... James the, Gunn. James, James Gunn. Gunn, yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. I mean, what 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 yeah, what is what is going on with this universe? Him. I mean, obviously, like it's not uh, it, it, in terms of consistency, coherency, direction. I mean, ever since they removed Zack Snyder, this this universe is just it's a mess. I mean, wh- wh- where do they go from here? Uh, I believe it is a mess, and I think that I've got quite a simple answer for this. Actually, I think that they'll do the Suicide Squad definitely, and then um, they'll they'll do Wonder Woman. But I think once Batman's out and they see how that performs, I think that will really dictate what they then concentrate on and how what they do. Personally, well, so, I think so. There, there are five. There are five movies that are a part of this DCEU that are slated right now, and they are they are in production. Aquaman two. I suppose that's true. Shaz- uh, yeah, Shazam. Shazam two, The Flash, The Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and then we have Black Adam. That is true. That is true. To be fair, well, I, I mean, can, so I guess I, I, I let me let me let me narrow my question. Can can this universe continue to exist without the likes of Henry Cavill as Superman, Ben Affleck as Batman, and those two characters that kind of cemented? Well, they cement DC in general. Superman and Batman are DC. Um, can they continue this universe without those two primary characters and those actors portraying them? Well, they seem to be doing all right with Aquaman. Aquaman had quite a lot of success. Um, I think I think they they might be able to. It like I said, Batman. Once they finish Batman, that will give us a bit of a understanding of how important he he is to to Warner Brothers. I think he if that does really well and that film's really well, they got reactors, then they will have to evaluate what they do with the DCEU in regards to whether they try and integrate his Batman into DCEU. Uh, because, like I say, they have slated loads of films going forward. Right. And, and this, if they this do that, is, this is the they, Matt, they... yeah, this is the Matt Reeves Batman, which yeah. uh, for our listeners who might not be familiar, this this movie has this movie was first going to be directed and written by Ben Affleck and starring Ben Affleck. Then Ben Affleck um, was going to continue to star in it, but he was no longer going to direct it, and Matt Re- Matt Reeves was going to direct it. Well, then Ben Affleck is no longer Batman, and Matt Reeves is still directing it. But now this Batman is not a part of. This is a totally different Batman in a different universe like that's Joker, not connected. Well, yeah, and but from the the looks of it, this Batman is not connected to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie either. No, it's a standalone. Right. Yeah, and that's why I think that that will open up a whole decision process for WOB because I say they have got all these films slated to they're in production and I think they 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 always need to have a plan going forward they can't just stop and see how Batman does but this the the, the Batman film is going to be massive if it if it bombs if it doesn't do very well 
then they'll, I think they'll just go, okay, we'll stay focused on the DCEU and potentially maybe introduce a new Batman further down the line. But if this standalone Batman film does say as well as the Joker's done, then then they're gonna have then they're gonna have to make a decision on how they they make this Batman the core part of of their plans. For me yeah. personally, that's what they, they'll have to do. That they have to do that because I think it's going to be massively successful. I think it's going to be a brilliant film. I think um, Rob Patterson is a brilliant casting. All the casting they've done for everyone else in regards to the side characters is perfect. Matt Reeves is a brilliant director. It is got. I've got so much confidence it's going to be good. And if it's going to be as good as I think it's going to be, they they have to cement him as their core figure. And then then it will be interesting to see what happens to the DCEU after that, to be honest. So that's for me is, is the landmark on, we need to wait for that to happen really. Yeah. And, um, for, for the sake of time, um, I'll, (laughs) I'll just close with this release the Snyder cut. (laughs) 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 Oh dude, that we're going to have to do an episode on just kind of the, the, the history of the DCEU involving Zack Snyder and all the behind the scenes, stuff that went on because golly man i mean the the wb kind of painted themselves into a corner you know they they zach snyder is the one that brought on gal gadot and jason momoa you know who have since become incredibly iconic and part of pop culture as wonder woman and aquaman you know they are they really are the most popular actors and characters right now that dc has well they were part of zach snyder's universe zach snyder was directly involved in bringing them on board you know, but they got rid of Zack Snyder, and now they still have Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who who were before, uh, really successful. So they can't right. Like, they can't. Yeah. Wonder right. Woman so successful. Right. They. I think you saw. Did you see what they did with the Flash crossover? With the um, CW Flash. And oh, the, I think wasn't that was just Flash. a little. That was just a little promo, wasn't it? I thought that was just a little promo. It was a, no. It was, I think it's a pro. It's definitely a promo. I don't think they're going to incorporate, but I think that. I think they're saving Flashpoint, like I've just said to you about Batman. I think they're saving Flashpoint so that they can move, they can combine the two universes together, have bring in Robert Pattinson's Batman, and and bring it in if he's successful. And if he's not, they can go, oh, it's standalone. It was never a part of it. If it is, they can use the Flash Flashpoint to bring him across into the DCU. I'm telling you, that's what they'll do. That's what they've lined up to do. <laughs> You not uh, agree? I I mean the, the I mean the challenge is though I mean because the the Ezra Miller Flash exists within the Batman the Ben Affleck Batman universe, and I I I just don't uh, Ben Affleck's not coming back. I think I think I think he. But look at what they did with Spider Verse though. They won't need to bring him back. But Spider Verse, there was different Spider Mans. Like they could bring him. A, they could. <laughs> This is a, this is a younger this is a younger Batman. They could bring they could bring it across. They could do it. Oh, I, I mean, do it. I th- this is what I want to see. I I genuinely want to see an Ezra Miller Flashpoint movie with um oh shoot um what's his name? Let me see. Um, his dad. Guy oh, plays his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the actor that that is uh Mr. Manhattan. Thomas Wayne. No, he plays he plays the comedian and Watchmen. Oh, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, where's Thomas Wayne? Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Jeffrey D. Morgan. Do you want about Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jeffrey D. Morgan? Wait, is that it? Oh gosh, yeah, the guy who plays me. Thomas. The guy who plays Thomas Wayne in Batman vs Superman. In Batman v Superman, right? Yeah, um, Jeffrey Jeffrey D. Morgan. Okay, that's his I, name. I believe you. I believe you. Oh yeah, it is. It is Jeffrey D. Morgan. So, uh, I mean, anybody familiar with the Flashpoint story? 
uh, and the, the premise is um, instead of Thomas and Martha Wayne dying and getting shot, it's Bruce that gets shot. And that's what, you know, creates the Batman, but Thomas Wayne becoming the Batman, but a much more grizzled, a, a, a darker, you know, meaner Batman. And that's the Batman in Flashpoint. Well, I think, I think, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan would be perfect for that. Um, and having Ezra Miller kind of create that, yeah, Flashpoint Paradox movie, I think that would be incredible. And then you have, I mean, because in the movie, you know, the, the, you have warring factions of the Atlanteans and the Amazons, you know, and and so, you know, Arthur is fighting Diana, you know, so Aquaman versus Wonder Woman and their armies. I mean, that'd be incredible. <laughs> that'd be so fun, dude. I would see it. See, and, and the thing is, is you don't, you don't need Ben Affleck as Batman in the movie. He doesn't need to exist because there is no Ben Affleck Batman. There is no Bruce Wayne. And, and I mean, you could convince Henry Cavill to come back. You know, Superman is that skinny little guy who's, you know, <laughs> not the Superman that we know. I mean, it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. Yeah, we'll see. I think, I think Robert, <laughs> the, if Robert Pattinson's Batman makes over a bill, man, they'll do anything they can do to get him integrated into DCEU. I'm telling you, that's what they'll do. Yeah. They're already starting to think about it with a Joker, aren't they? Like, there are already rumors of they're doing a Joker 2, which I don't need. There's, like, uh, I don't know, they'll, they'll find a way to fudge it up because they don't have a plan like I Star know. Wars. They just I don't know. have a real plan. They're following wherever the money takes them. Damn, I know. The, the- dude, Warner Brothers is such a mess. That studio is such a mess. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that they've gotten right are, are, is their support of Christopher Nolan. That's it. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> that's the thing. Did you? Ever, I, I did a blog about how that why kind of DC um, won't ever beat Marvel, and I kind of broke it down in the fact that they they put all their eggs in their basket with Nolan, didn't they? They really did. I think like they were too late in regards to the Marvel. Marvel got ahead of them. Obviously, Dark Knight came out the same year Iron Man did, and instead of just going right, this looks like it's going to be successful. We should try and do something ourselves. They did the Dark Knight Rises that really put them back, and then Avengers came out that same year as the Dark Knight Rises, and they were like, "We need a piece of this pie. This is mad," and just went balls deep in there. And I think, yeah, but but I mean, my my theory, my theory is, and I genuinely believe this. One because you know the Man of Steel, Man of Steel is it is a great Superman movie. It's a great great Superman movie, and you have you have the likes of Christopher Nolan who's overseeing that project you know, in, uh, uh, kind of together with Zack Snyder. And so when you have Nolan who gives his okay with what Zack Snyder's created, and now you have the beginnings of this universe, the thing is, is the Warner brothers never fully committed to Zack Snyder or his vision. And so that's why Batman V Superman, um, uh, you get the ultimate cut, uh, you know, after, after it's already been released. So then you actually get to see the type of movie that Zack Snyder was trying to create where they add almost 35 minutes to the movie. And, and mm, yeah, you know, yeah. And, but see, but after that though, they had, they had already started making wonder woman. Zack Snyder wrote that movie. He was an executive producer on that movie, but they had already started. Oh gosh. And we're kind of getting into this, but I just, dude, I just, I'm, I'm really passionate about the vision that Zack Snyder had and that Warner brothers never committed to seeing it through. Because he had a vision, and all the stuff that he has shared since regarding um, what he wanted to do, having this five-part like Justice League movie uh, saga, like I mean, just incredible. But they narrowed down his three Justice League movies to two, and instead of you know 
what he wanted. I mean, they were just, you know, obviously, I mean, gosh, dude, Justice League is that, that, that is an abomination of a movie. And the more you learn about that movie, the more, the more frustrating it becomes with how much Warner brothers meddled in just changing what Zack Snyder had envisioned. So I think my, my opinion and theory is that had they just allowed Zack Snyder to do what he wanted to do, I think that we would have had an incredible movie universe. It, maybe it wouldn't have been the best. Maybe it wouldn't have been in terms of of, of box office success uh, on Marvel scales. But I, I just the thing is 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 Marvel's committed to the vision of Feige. It's Feige's vision, mm. and because they're committed to him, he's been able to see it through to the end. And so, yeah, you have, and different... that's why they are good with that. They, right? They you've got to take your hats off to that, and they've. And they've had that commitment with Feige, and I think they've had that commitment with um, with Kathleen Kennedy, and I think with Feige it's worked, but with Kathleen Kennedy it's failed. <laughs> but you've got to take the hats off that they've you got to take the hats off that Bob Iger has trusted yes. them to do what they've got to do, and she's she's failing, but he's still going. Okay, well, you know what I mean. It's your shit to sort out. I've given it to you. I've, I've trusted you. Sort it out, and he's got the same approach with Feige, but sadly one's working really well, and the other one's fucking bombing. Right, but. Fair play to them as a studio to have that trust in their creative directors, where WB didn't have their trust in that creative right. director in, in Snyder. Yeah, so it's... right. I mean, just just go into the behind the scenes and like the extra features of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. You will be convinced that Zack Snyder is incredibly talented. That he is very passionate about the project and about the DC characters. That he genuinely cares about how these movies turn out. Um. And that he had a vision. He really had a vision. Uh, and, and Warner Brothers, I mean, I think Warner Brothers just, DC, DC, DC and Marvel could not be more different superhero genre comic books. And their characters couldn't be more different. DC has always had darker tones. DC has always been more of, uh, of I don't want to say adult themed, but, but. I, I mean, it, they cater to two different audiences, and so when Warner Brothers they're mature, sees, aren't they? Yes, they are, and and the themes are different, and so you know, Warner Brothers that Warner Brothers saw the kind of more the lore, the more lighthearted, family friendly nature of Marvel, and but you can't do that with Batman, you can't do that with Flash, you can't do that with what DC has, and and Zach understood that, and Warner Brothers didn't, and so when you have those two clashing, you know views I, I mean warner brothers obviously i mean they you know it, it's it's their studio and Zack snyder is no longer part of it so all right dude we, dude, we have gone uh, <laughs> so long um and well, that last bit wasn't recorded though after the last release of snyder cut that wasn't part of it we were just we were just chatting right this is great stuff man uh, this is great stuff dude we should I... just continue did it you could have split this into two episodes now <laughs> We just we just gone right into another episode. Hey, no, but the, this is this is like the first official backseat directors renewed re envisioned episode, and this is listeners. This is what you guys can expect more often. Ryan and I we're just going to give uh, just a, a lot of more detailed, in depth discussion and opinion on movies that we see, you know, and maybe it's new movies coming out. I think we're going to be more focused on. Um, just things that are more relevant to what's going on right now. And that that could be older movies too. Maybe older movies kind of pop up like like coming up, you know, in the next uh, year or so, Avatar. I think we that'll be something fun to explore. Going back to James Cameron, epic. And then the new five movies. 
be coming out soon. You know, but we're we're just gonna be uh yeah, we're just gonna be bringing you guys lots of fun content. But uh, Ryan, thanks, man. This has been a true pleasure, dude. This was a lot of fun getting back into the seat and just kind of recording another podcast. Definitely. There's more to come. Okay, well, why don't you uh, why don't you give the listeners a plug on uh, how they can follow you and uh, um, yeah, where to find Life of Films? Well, it's just a, a blog that you can get over to uh, um, lifeoffilms.com. You'll find all my contact details and everything there and just enjoy some of the content um, I put out and yeah, hopefully um, get to see you soon. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I am Andre with Backseat Directors and this is Ryan with Life of Films. Uh, we'll catch you later. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. The Backseat Directors podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and most other podcast platforms. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm a bicycle with six of my friends. Arrive on time, pick up our tickets, get in line. Next stop, concession stand. Google's popcorn, part of the plan. Soda pop, and now we go to door number one to catch the show. We find our seats, uh-huh. the perfect road. Why? It's the perfect day for a movie. Let's go see a show. Let's go to the movies and see a show. We'll get some popcorn. Don't you wanna go? Let's go to the movies and take some friends. Never leave early. We'll watch it till the end. It's movie day. Yeah, the time has come. Of movies we can all choose from. There's action, adventure, animation, and comedy. There's sci fi and westerns and classics, documentaries. Uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.